0: Welcome to episode 26 of the BMCast, not a podcast that says Brussels sprouts are pack one, pick one, but the show about playing Magic the Gathering on a budget. I'm Scott and I'm joined by the Glistener Elf on a Shelf herself, Emma. How are you doing this week?
1: Yeah, I'm doing good. Christmas for me was a little different this year. It was pretty quiet and pretty chill just because of mm. everything that's going on. In England, we're going back into a, a big old lockdown, so I did the safe thing and just had a very isolated and a uh, safe Christmas on my own. Um, so that meant I could kind of do what I want. So I did a load of baking. Mm. I drank yes. a load of whiskey, which, if you know me, that is not a huge surprise. And then I did a <laughs> cheeky little stream on Christmas Day where I just streamed some slave the just to keep everyone, you know, entertained in a, in a very weird time. Mm. It's not exciting, but it was kind of nice just to chill out and not be stressed out with family and gift buying and all that kind of stuff. So... Yeah. in terms of gifts i've got a decent haul this year i got some more hammer models which just adds to my pile of shame that i've <laughs> yet to complete i've got some more whiskey which is always appreciated i've got an electric cool. mixer which i'm super excited about because it means nice. i can do more baking so that means i get to make stuff like cheesecake and meringue and not have a breakdown and i've got some really mm-hmm. cool socks with some doggies on it and they're really really cute nice yeah Very so nice. i can't complain. In terms of magic, I haven't done anything because it's Christmas and yeah. taking a break is great and you should do that more often. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I've been getting back into my gaming, so I'm still playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, still enjoyable. I'm about halfway through, I think. It feels like I'm at like an important point now where all your decisions begin to matter. And as mentioned earlier, I played a bit of Slay the Spot on the stream. It's just as fun and difficult as I remember. Mm-hmm. And also I have my eyes on Stardew Valley because I'm hearing so much stuff about it. So that might yeah. be a little streaming project for next year because it looks cute and fun and easy to play. So
0: Yeah, looks really cool. I only recently watched a documentary about it where it explained that the whole game was made by one guy over the course of like four or five years. And it basically ruined him mentally. He was working on it, like, every single day of every single week of every single year for five Mm. years. Roughly ten hours a day. Like, that's insane commitment.
1: That is insane commitment. And hopefully he's reaping what he sowed now. Mm. But yeah, that's pretty much been my Christmas. How about you? Have you had a good Christmas?
0: Yeah, it's been alright. It's been okay. Uh, Christmas has been reasonably chill on this side here as well. I was lucky enough to be able to go to my folks for Christmas because I was... Essentially completely isolated in my apartment here for the entire last month. And lockdown restrictions have only tightened up today, as of the day of recording, is the 27th uh, here in Ireland. So I was lucky enough to be able to pop down and have Christmas dinner on the day, which was nice. In terms of presents, I got, you know, the typical stuff like some aftershaves, some socks and that kind of thing. But I did get from my sister a charcuterie hamper or meat and mm. cheese hamper, which mm. I'm really looking forward to devouring on a night this week now. But... Yeah, that's the majority of stuff. Oh, I basically also drank my weight in hot whiskeys as well, because that's the winter drink of choice for me. (laughs) Um, Magic-wise, I got up to absolutely nothing this week, same as yourself. Like you said, it's really good to take a break sometimes, and this week is exactly the time for me to do that break, you know, and it was good. But outside of Christmas and magic stuff, I have been actually studying pixel art, of all things, and learning how to use pixel art software, because... There is a sort of a goal of mine to actually make a game at some stage. Oh, wow. This is actually why I ended up watching the the documentary on Stardew Valley, because I found out that it was made by one person. And I don't think I'll go to the same length and depth as something like that. But even something small like a Game Boy game that you can Mm. play in an emulator or something like that. So... This is the next step in that process. You know, if you've heard the intro to this podcast, I can compose the music and stuff already. Um, I have some basic knowledge of game software and that kind of stuff. And next up is being able to do the sprites and everything. So that's what this is now. And then I also got Dead Cells in the Steam sale, which is like a roguelike platformy kind of thing. It has really good pixel art, as do most indie games, because it's usually the least time-consuming art style that you can do. Yes, I get to have a lot of fun playing it, but also use it as a case study for learning pixel art and stuff as well. So, mm, you know, I can, yeah, I can sit down in front of a game, play it and be like, oh, I'm working. <laughs> so that's nice. But yeah. Have we got any housekeeping this week? Emma? Oof,
1: yes, we do. So as we had a little break over the mm-hmm. Christmas period, we do have a little bit of housekeeping to go through. So we would like to give a huge thank you to Ryan Collins and Brian Madden, who are the latest patrons of our Stonks tier so Mm. thank you very much for your support and deeply appreciated as usual um also brian is a good friend of the show he co-hosts the Syrian vision podcast if you haven't heard of Mm. it it is a magic the gathering podcast that focuses on brewing in modern and they do touch on some budget stuff once in a while i was a guest on there a little while ago and they're a good bunch of guys Um, recommend checking them out they're good eggs and they are everywhere where you would normally listen to your podcast so check them out
0: if you enjoy the BM cast and would like to support them, you can become a patron for as little as $3. You'll get access to all of the notes and deck lists they use on the show. And their $7 tier gives you VIP access to the greatest budget resources of any magic podcast. So what are you waiting for? Visit patreon.com forward slash budget to level up your game and get your stonks on. Alright, so today we're doing another episode of Modern Highlights, where we take a particular strategy in modern and go through the ins and outs of it, Mm -hmm. and today we're doing one that you are quite well up on yourself, Emma. So, what are we talking about, what does it do, and how does it do it?
1: So, talking about the hot whiskeys and so forth earlier, and about being intoxicated, I figured it was a good time to talk about Infect.
0: (laughs) What a weird segue, but okay, let's do it.
1: Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about modern Infect. If you played modern, you're probably familiar with the the concept of Infect. Um, so Infect came around back in New Phyrexia, so it was like 2011 time, so it's been, been around for mm. quite a while. So yeah, given that it was popular and standard at the time, it transported really well into modern because during that year, modern became what extended was and shifted over. So mm. In fact, I've seen popularity in Modern on and off over its tenure. It has received some banning, so stuff like the Taxian Probe is a big proponent of the mm. deck. And also, even more recently, Once Upon a Time, which I completely forgot was a card because of just everything yeah. that's happened this year. And that was really, really good in the deck as well, which also saw a ban. Despite these bans, it remains super viable and it's often ideal in a metagame that is unknown or very, very slow. So because you're so blisteringly quick, it is an aggro combo deck, so you're very, very aggressive, and all you care about doing is dealing damage through Infect. If you're familiar with the rules of magic, Infect deals up to damage of 10 instead of the 20 of your life total. So in most cases, you're ignoring your opponent's life total absolutely completely, and you're starting on 10 life. And yeah. how does it do it? So you have these powerful one-mana creatures such as Glistener Elf that is a one mana, one one with Infect, and your goal is just to pump them up with powerful uh, combat tricks, such as Groundswell, Distortion Strike, and Scale-Up, just pile them onto the Glistener Elf and just connect to deal 10, and then you win the game.
0: We will have three different examples of Infect lists that are all mm-hmm. budget and affordable. Two for Modern, and one for Pauper. So the ones in Modern will be Monogreen Infect and Simic Infect, and then the pauper one usually is mono green.
1: Yeah, so with Infect, the core of the list is basically commons, such as Glistener Elf. A lot of those cards that you use in modern can port well into pauper, and you essentially have a pauper deck in your modern deck. So if you ever Mm. want to jam pauper, and as you know, we're huge fans of the format, it's worth giving it a go. And it's not terrible in pauper either. Like it's, It's got its own legs, that's for sure.
0: For sure, yep. It's really, really good against... Decks that don't have a huge amount of interaction in terms of like removal and stuff. Now, a lot of popper decks tend to, but yeah. you can very easily get lucky. And there are some really good defensive spells and stuff that you can use to protect your creatures as well. So, yeah, mm. it's pretty good. Okay, so, Emma, bring us through a couple of the key cards in the infect strategy in general.
1: All right, so there are a few because it is a very linear strategy because you are just doing the same thing every game. It's just very consistent at what it does. So mm. your key cards firstly are your creatures, so you want to talk about your glistener elves and your blighted agents. These are your infect dealers, so getting these on the board and pumping them up infect spells is what's going to win you the game. They are X1s, which can be a bit tricky in a world full of lava darts mm. and lightning bolts, but there are ways to protect those and we'll talk about them later on. In the bread and butter of Infect, these are the two cards that you need to start off with. Then we have some of our pump spells. In particular, Vines of Vastwood is the most important one here because Mm. not only does it protect your creatures from removal, it can pump up your creatures as well if you pay the kicker cost. And plus four, plus four is nothing to shy away from given that if you, say, put it on a Glistener Elf, that's five infect, that's half your opponent's life total already. So you can see where the power is coming from.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Similar card to this would be Blossoming Defense, was one of the more recent ones to have yes. made a nice addition to give yep. Hexproof and a boost.
1: Mm. So when, when we talk about one and Infect, you want to run four of these each. Like You want eight copies of this card, like because they just shore up against the bad cards, which we'll talk about later as well. Mm-hmm. Another powerful creature in the deck is your Ink Mock Nexus. And in most cases, this card's going to win you more games just because it, it's evasive, it has infect. And it just blanks all the sorcery speed removal and sweepers in the format
0: yeah Yeah, it's a nice one all right i have done it so many times
1: (laughs) yeah and a lot of people forget that it has flying as well and that's the reason you Mm. play it is just so evasive and then next you have probably the second most important creature in your deck is your noble hierarch so although it doesn't have infect it allows you to ramp so it gives you the the blue and green that you need to cast your spells the Exalted comes up way more often than you realise because it just mm. cause it triggers your Infect damage. It's that extra one point of damage every turn. In a lot of cases, you're not going to completely swing out with your creatures. And in most cases, just connecting with one Blighted agent will be enough because two Infect damage is still pretty good mm. across five turns. And often and not, even though you can't connect with Infect damage, you will be beaten down with Noble Hierarch more than you realise just because the Exalt is good and you have all these pump spells that you can make a 5-5 five, five Noble hierarchy and... That's nothing to shy away from.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And then we have some of the best pump spells that you play in Infect. So Might of Old Crosa is the main one. That's the, this is the real reason why you play Infect in Modern. It's pretty flexible, so you can play at instant speed, although you would want to play at sorcery speed just to get the extra damage. However, it can be used defensively as well as offensively, and that is just something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah. I think my favorite card from Infect is Scale Up.
1: This card's so good.
0: <laughs> is that the most recent addition to the deck, possibly?
1: Yeah, so it came in Modern Horizons. Yeah. That and the the Waterlog Grave, so the Horizon Land is another one that goes mm. into the deck. But no, scale-up's great because it blanks Lightning Bolt, and that is such a big deal in Infect because it turns your creature into a 6-4. And 6 Infect damage is pretty good. It also allows you to trade up against bigger threats like Uro and Primeval Titan. You're really going to cast this for its over low cost, but the one mana <laughs> 6-4 is just so good.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, to give a creature plus five plus three yes, plus five plus three. To give a creature plus five plus three for one mana, even if it's at sorcery speed, like that's so worth it. Now, this all sounds great, but there are some cards that we need to be very careful with and be very afraid of as an infect player. What are some of the top cards for that, Emma?
1: So the first one, as you can probably tell from you know, going through this list, there's a lot of one mana and two mana spells. With this, Chalice of the Void is very, very good against infects. It just blanks the whole deck. This is quite frustrating to play against and playing around it can be quite difficult because a lot of Chalice of the Void decks tend to deploy it as early as possible. With that, it's just best to get a threat down as soon as possible and just chip away for like one infect damage because eventually you'll get there. Because you're in green, you have great answers to Artifact and Enchantments. Nature's Claim's a really good one, but if you really want to ignore the 1-2 counter on Chalice of the Void, Rudian Corrupt is another good one, because it destroys Artifact, and it has Infect itself, so you can still use it to pump up. Granted, free mana can be a little tricky to get to, but running a couple on the sideboard is a good way just to, you know, still have the Infect damage.
0: It's basically a Rex Age with Infect
1: yeah, great. doesn't deal with enchantments. That's
0: all you need, really.
1: Yeah, Blood Moon can be a little awkward because you're running stuff like mm-hmm. fetches and breeding pools and stuff. But I think that's a meta in most cases. But if you really want to you know, keep true to the infect game plan, then breeding Corruptor is not a terrible show. You could also run Force of Vigor as well.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty good call too. So. The less money you spend in this deck, the better.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Another card that I've become increasingly frustrated against recently because of the kinds of decks that I like to play, for example, Soul Sisters, where everything is a 1-1. Similarly, in this deck, you really don't want to see your opponent resolve a Walking Ballista.
1: Yeah, it's really awkward, isn't it? You don't really want to use your Vines of Ass or Blossoming Defenses just to save an X1 mm. that you can't connect with. It's really, really frustrating, but there isn't a lot you can do about it.
0: <laughs> no. Same with kind of removal in general. If yeah. the field is very removal-heavy, you might have a bad time. But
1: Yeah, so another thing that Infect struggles with, because you're putting all your eggs in this one creature basket, stuff like Path, Fatal Push, Lightning Bolt can all be mm. a huge issue for you. Yes, you have these Vines of Vastuars and Blossoming Defences, but you only have so many and you still need to connect with the opponent. Um, that's why we run stuff like Spell Pierce, because that just gives you a way just to blank some of their removal, or at least make them pay more for it, which is a tempo loss for them. Because you're, cause you're in Simic, there are so many just like cheap one mana, two mana counter spells, you can run a couple in your main board just to protect your threats, so I always quite like a couple of spell pierced. Yeah. It's also really good against another issue that infects struggles with, and that's discard spells. So stuff like Fort Seeds and Inquisition of Kozalek are really, really good against you, because if they just yeah. take that one creature that's in your opening hand, you're kind of screwed. So that way you can at least protect your hand, you can keep your secrets, as they say, It just means you can still play the game. Mm. And because, you know, Fort is really good against you, because the life loss does not matter because you're an infect, and IOK okay just takes everything. So
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the inverse of how Gataxian Probe was in this deck. Gitpro mm. made sure that, you know, you were able to see that the coast is clear so that you can just throw all your eggs into the one basket and just attack for lethal. Whereas getting thought seized, that's really rough against this because they can take something like, and then be like, this is, this is fine. I'm, I'm in control. I know what to expect.
1: Yeah, it's the only good. way you can really offset thought seized inquisition is just knowing how to mulligan. And sometimes having a slower hand can benefit that. But Mm. mulliganing is really, really hard for this deck because you kind of want to go all in and go, oh, I can kill you on turn two, turn three with this scale up and whatnot. But at the same time, it's almost like a glass cannon. Take one thing away and it just falls apart. So finding that balance can be quite tricky.
0: Yeah, that's it. Thankfully, they are pretty much the entirety of the cards to be aware of. Mm. No, I know, I know that actually <laughs> sounds like it's not that bad because we only listed technically like four things, like Chalice, Ballista, Removal and Discard Spells. But Removal and Discard Spells are very, very prevalent in Modern, yes. particularly at the moment because everyone's very interactive. But this is all completely down to your metagame as well, you know. So if you have a lot of people playing some of the decks that we're about to go through now in the good matchups, then this will be a great call. And speaking of the good matchups, Emma i noticed here you have listed down in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> the very first one, well, it's it's your deck. It's Bogles.
1: Yeah, i played a lot of Bogles versus Infect. And let me tell you, it is not good if you're a Bogles player. Because <laughs> it's just that one-sided. It's not even funny. Because you're Infect, you're really evasive. So you have Ink Moth Nexus and you have Blighted Agent. So you can just blank the 2020 Bogle with Trample of Life Link and the rest of it. Also, the life game doesn't matter because you're Infect... That's just null and void. Yep. And yeah, it's the quickest game of Magic you'll ever play. I don't think there's ever been anything quicker. It's just it's just so lopsided. See, I know Bogles is not super popular, but if, if someone rocks yep. up with Bogles and you're an Infect, you're just going to be laughing because it's just so <laughs> one-sided. Yeah. Another one that I play quite a lot of that you do really well with infect is Tron, mm-hmm. um, especially Monogreen. Just because it's a ramp deck, it takes a little time to assemble, you can really prey on that and just kill them turn two, turn three and just just go aggressive like the khan doesn't do a lot either so they can exile your creature but you can just blossom and defensive it blanket and just you know ignore the khan and just deal the 10 infect damage Oh, i've always found it to be a really really good matchup like walking blister might make it a bit awkward but they only run like two copies so it's more often than not they don't see that many yeah i have not played it against like mono blue tron or dice factory tron Eldrazi tron's probably a bit more difficult because you have mm. Chalice of the Void they have more walking blisters and Fortnite Seer just seems is really really good against you
0: yeah some Tron players have a, have a definite hatred of infect mm. I will say that when it comes to Dice Factory Tron or Mono Blue Tron it's pretty similar Blue Tron has more removal than the rest of them for the most part but that's still not much it's only like four pieces of removal yeah. in the whole deck so yeah still not still not good matchups at all um, for the Tron player
1: hmm Going on from Tron, in a similar theme, Titan Shift and Valakut decks are often a good matchup for you, just for a similar game plan that, you know, um, they take a little while to settle up, you can just really take advantage of that. And lastly, Ad Nauseam. Again, because it's a combo deck, and they have zero interaction, so you can just Absolutely destroy them because often it takes like turn three, turn four for them to go off. If the hand's mm. really good enough, yeah, you can just pray on that. And ad nauseum's low key really good in modern right now, so there might be an uptick. So, yep. just something to keep in mind if there's a lot of ad nauseum, infects a really, really good shell.
0: Yeah, so one thing that's in common with all of these decks is removal and hand attack is quite low in huh. these builds. What we'll see now when we go into our bad matchups is that's where everything flips everything in here basically has some form of reliable removal or hand attack and the first one on the list here Death shadow either the Rakdos or grix's versions have a lot of both
1: yeah they're very very interactive um so mm. as we mentioned earlier inquisition of kozalik and fort seas can just tear apart the main pieces that you need to go off mm. fatal push and lightning bolt are also super good and not to mention their threats go over yours, so stuff like Scourge or Scarface, and Death Shadow are often bigger than your Infect creatures. So you're going to be two for one and three for one yourself just to remove these Death Shadows. It feels pretty difficult, especially if they're on Grixis because Stubborn Denial is really bad against you as well.
0: Yeah. Another thing with Death Shadow as well is once they know they're against an Infect player, they can just go into town on their own life total and really rip it to shreds for their own benefit because they know that you're not going to be dealing a single point of damage to them. Unless, again, you're trying the Noble Hierarch beatdowns, but facing that much removal, it's probably not happening.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not great. As mentioned earlier, Eldrazi Tron's not a particularly fantastic matchup because Chalice of the Void's really, really good against you. Walking Ballistic clears your threats, and then they have stuff like Thought Notch and Reality Smasher that can just go over the top.
0: Yeah, it's pretty straightforward, especially if you are running particularly like the mono green versions where you don't have stuff like Distortion Strike to become unblockable and that kind yeah. of thing. Putting down big chunky creatures like Thought Nots and stuff. It's just not easy to get past as well. So there's that too. Sometimes you have to burn a couple of pump spells in order to actually force them into blocks to actually remove those creatures so that you yeah. can try and chip through in the subsequent turns, you know?
1: Yeah. Another one is Jeskai Control. Very similar to Death Shadow. They are just packed with removal, packed with interaction and packed with threat density. So stuff like Shark Typhoon is really good against you. Mm. They have some top end threats. Like Teferi is also really good. Time raveller, because it means you just can't protect any of your threats at instant speed i found this matchup to be tremendously difficult because they can just counter all the important spells play a teferi and just essentially lock you out of the game it's very difficult
0: yeah and again the simic versions are probably much better here because yeah. you have access to the likes of spell pierce so that you can stop that teferi on the way mm. down but yeah if that teferi resolves you're just gonna have a very, very bad over. time
1: yeah. another bad matchup is traditional burn so when I talk about traditional burn I'm talking about Boris burn they have way too much targeted removal they have <laughs> searing blazers, lightning bolts lightning helixes, you name it and also Idle on the Great Rebel is really good against you because all your spells mm. cost one or two so it can really really punish you and also burn can afford to punish themselves on their mana base and their life totals
0: yeah. in addition to burn prowess is probably not great either because of yeah. the lava darts and that kind of stuff as well yeah in addition to more creatures hitting the ground and blocking the way. So, yeah, red decks in general don't seem like a fantastic (laughs) thing to face. But I also imagine that a weird matchup would probably be the mirror, right? Like, is that just determined kind of by the die roll or by the hand?
1: Yeah, like, I think I can say for most, like, mirror matches in Modern that they're just not good fun to play. Like, the Tron mirror matchup is just terrible. (laughs) It's whoever resolves a calm first. Mm. And the same for Infect to an extent where it's just whoever has the nuttier and quicker hand, whoever has the most pump spells is going to win. Stuff like Vines of Vast with Spell Sky and Twisted Image are your mirror breakers, but Mm. it's just whoever has the die roll and has the better hand will win. There's not much else to it, Uh, which could be said for a lot of modern mirrors, I suspect.
0: That's true. All right. So that's the matchups done. We have a lot of tips and tricks for Infect because... Well, turns out it's a very tricksy deck.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a bit of a misconception with Infect, yeah, because it it has this linear game plan of trying to hit to 10, but it can be quite reactive because you have all these instant speed spells and counter magic. So yeah, Yeah. there are a few to go through because it's not as straightforward as most people seem to think it is. The first one, which we talked about before, is how Noble High can get under an Ensnaring Breach due to its Azulter trigger, so if your opponent is empty-handed and the instaurion bridge can't get through it you can still attack with a noble hierarch because it's an o1 and then the exalted trigger Mm -hmm. will happen so you can still chip through for one damage it's just something worth keeping in mind because instaurion bridge is really really good against you yeah And another one, it is okay to dismember your own creature to fill your graveyard to cast that Become Immense to kill your opponent.
0: Yes, and another little tip as well. If you're running the Simic version, Twisted Image is really, really good as a removal spell when there's a creature with zero power on the field. This works particularly well if you're facing... One of the cards that makes Infect very difficult to win with and that's Spellskite.
1: Yeah, it's just a really cool trick to know if there is A01 on the field, like a Boreal Grazer for some reason, or like a Wall of Omens. Another good tip to keep in mind with Infect, I did mention it earlier, is that there will be times where you aren't going to deal the whole 10 points of damage in the first few turns and that Mm -hmm. is okay. Sometimes it's better just to play the long game and chip through with two or three points of damage per turn because eventually you will get there. It's not about doing everything quickly. The incremental damage is fine, and it's better to not throw all your eggs in one basket because it allows you to be reactive and use those pump spells to protect your threats.
0: Yeah, this works particularly well against decks that are heavy on removal because you would be better suited to use your pump spells to save your creatures rather Mm. than using them to try and be aggressive. It's all about measuring what you think your opponent's going to be doing.
1: Also, because Become Immense is such a good spell, it can Mm. shrink your opponent's Tarmogoyce. So something worth keeping in mind just the way that Tarmogoyce is worded. Sometimes you can delve away particular cards just to make the Tarmogoyce smaller, making trades really bad.
0: Absolutely. The next tip is kind of universal for Magic players in general, but learn how to mulligan. It's particularly a good tip for Infect because generally speaking, better Infect players will keep slower hands that are more resilient, say like that have say two or three creatures in it as opposed to one with a load of pump spells because they still have a reasonable shot if the game goes along with that kind of thing, you know? For the most part, it's kind of similar to Tron in the sense of it's probably pretty safe to mulligan at least once or twice to make sure that you can sculpt a good five cards that you feel will probably win the game, you know?
1: Yeah, same with bagels. If you are looking to pick up Infect, it is worth just spending some time just drawing cards and looking at your hand and just figuring out what would you mulligan, what would you keep and that mm. sort of thing. A lot of the time, that's where your wins are going to come from, from keeping, you know, these sensible hands. It is very easy to go greedy and go, oh, man, I could kill you on, like, turn two. Because, you know, who doesn't want to do that? Mm. But in the same breath, you know, if someone has that thought seize or that fatal push, you kind of fall apart. So sometimes it's good just to be a little conservative. Yep. Another cool trick is if you use Pendlehaven. Pendlehaven is a legendary land that gives your creature plus one, plus two. Mm. You can cast Twisted Image on it to put in an extra point of infect damage so it just flips the totals which is a cool little trick that's worth noting
0: yeah also one thing that you mentioned earlier was Ink Moth Nexus is one of the most valuable creatures in the deck despite being a land if someone tries to Ghost Quarter or Field of Ruin it which can happen quite a bit because you will see those quite a lot in Modern at the moment one thing that you can do is you can animate it and use Blossoming Defense or Vines of Oswood on it to stop it and fizzle the land destruction effect so yeah it's worth keeping in mind. It's a fringe thing and it's a bit niche, but it's worth knowing at least.
1: Yeah, stones raise themselves, sort of. So another good thing, that I learned this from playing loads of Bogles and it applies in infect as well. So if there is a sacrifice effect on the stack, i.e. Liliana of the Bale's minus mm-hmm. ability, you can sacrifice effect land to grab a Arbor and use that as the sacrifice fodder instead. This way it saves your infect threats and it just makes sure, you know, you're not losing any ball presence. Mm-hmm. Dry Arbor is a really important card in the deck for that reason. Also, sometimes you will deal some damage with dried Arbor later on. Yeah.
0: And then generally speaking, like when it comes to most combo decks, this little tip is pretty much the most single most important tip out of every single one of them. And I will always, always suggest this first, and that is practice, 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 practice. When you practice, first of all, you get used to the deck and you get more comfortable with playing it so that when you do sit down in front of people, you're not sitting there for five minutes just looking at your hand going, oh, hold on a second, I'll just be, I'm thinking, uh, <laughs> uh, seven infect and then, oh, it's unblockable, but if I wait until next, like, no, just get all of that out of the way by goldfishing it like a thousand times at home by yourself and walk in and play those games, well, not so much walk in right now because of the pandemic, but like jump onto webcam and go, Alright, I know what I'm doing. And when you come in with that kind of confidence, particularly with Infect, there's nothing more terrifying than a confident infect player. No. Oh God. Like you see you see they, they land Glistener Elf on turn one, they're like, You go. And you're like, I'm I'm in danger.
1: <laughs> the Ralph yeah. Wigan.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely the Ralph Wigan meme. But yeah. Normally like good players will expect you to hesitate in taking a risky line and they they can potentially take advantage of that. So just getting into this kind of mindset of just being confident in what you're going to do. And sometimes bluffing is just the right thing to do as well. And this kind of deck really helps with your bluffing skills as well. Because sometimes you will be able to get an extra couple of points of chip damage in because you're going to make what you can see it's a jump attack. But your opponent's like, oh, they've got something. They can't not have... They have four cards in hand and they're attacking a 1-1 into a 4-4. No, no, no. This is too dodgy. Yeah. I'm going to have to do something. like, And they'll play suboptimally because of it. If that's the kind of play style that you want, this is the kind of deck to play to get that, for sure.
1: Yeah, also with Infit, there are so many different cards to play around just because there's so many different kind of instants as well. Mm. So it's on your opponent to know what you could potentially play as well. And it's, as you say, it creates these really suboptimal plays and you can two-for-one your opponent, so... Yeah. It's a really good thing to learn. And lastly, this is probably one of my favourite ones because, you mm-hmm. know, I've played a lot of Invisible Stalker in Bogles. Running a playset of Invisible Stalker in your sideboard ensures you can blank against the heavy removal decks. It's not essential, but if you anticipate, like, a lot of Jund, Rock, Path to Line and Bolt style decks in mm-hmm. your meta, running some Invisible Stalkers in the sideboard would be great because you can swap them out for your Blighted Agents you just have to play the old-fashioned way and that's dealing 20 damage but yeah. sometimes it gets you there
0: with the amount of pump spells you've got you'd be surprised how quick it happens yeah
1: mm, yeah
0: all right and one other thing that we are going to do as well if you want a little bit more reading in on Infect, is in the description here we're going to add a link to emma's modern in Fact article where you went into all this stuff in some detail
1: it's a touch old because Once Upon a Time existed at this point, but a lot of what I cover is still relevant. It gives you a good starting point, like the Monogreen Budget Infect list is a good starting point.
0: For sure. All right, so that will do it for Infect. Let's jump over and have a little bit of Q&A. We don't have a whole lot today because it's Christmas. Everybody's still chilling, taking it easy, you know. But we do have our resident Stonksmaster, Evie the Mage 97, coming in, as always, with... Some stunks of the week. What have we got this week from Eevee?
1: So Eevee talks about how Teferi's Ageless Insight has been one of his favourite cards since, for the year, in fact. Ooh. And it's under $2. And it's a great pickup, especially if you're in EDH and you like playing blue. Basically, it's a four-mana enchantment that just allows you to draw loads of cards. And who doesn't love drawing cards in Commander? So yeah, if you want to draw some cards and you are on a budget, then this $2 little enchantment will get you there. And yeah, Evie the Mage also has a question for us, which is, do you guys think an Abzan version of Jund would be good in Modern?
0: Now or ever?
1: I say now. <laughs> Let's say now, because he didn't specify that.
0: Now, honestly, no. But now, uh, it depends. Like, if we're talking competitively, no. You know, if you're going to run three colours in Modern, you may as well run four and play a money pile. Like... Yeah. But we're a budget cast, so that's not where we're going to be suggesting at all. Uh, yeah, it 100% is. Like... All of those colours are good. Like, currently, in Modern, every single colour is good. You know, white used <laughs> to be kind of garbage, and now one of the best decks in the format is Mono White Taxes. So...
1: And Mono White Hammer.
0: And Mono White Hammer, yeah. Which
1: is, like, Infect 2.0, you could say. It, it's,
0: a joke. it's basically Infect, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, yeah, so, you ye absolutely can. Now, the contents of the deck would be up for question, for sure. Because... Before, you know, Abzan used to be a thing where it was like all Siege Rhinos and that kind of stuff. Even at lower levels, and I can see, like, as we're recording, webcams are on here, Emma's frowning, <laughs> she knows what I'm going to say. Siege Rhinos not really playable in Modern. It's just not, you know. I'd like it to be. I think it's cool. I, it's not I something I'd play part. myself, but like, I wouldn't have a problem playing against it. It's kind of cool. But mm-hmm. it's not very good. Like, you don't even see it seeing play in Pioneer. Like, that's the kind of point that we're at.
1: It doesn't scale up well against uh, an array, which is the issue.
0: Yeah, this is the problem. Like, if you're playing green, you may as well play blue and vice versa for those kind of things, yeah. But you can absolutely still fill it with just good stuff, you know. Like, you can absolutely run... There was an Abzan Reanimator deck that I ran for a while that used stuff like Unburial Rites to bring back, like, Ashen Riders and stuff. And I don't think that would be a terrible call right now because... You could 100% run stuff like some of the stuff that was in the Hogak decks, like, mm. uh, like Seder Wayfinder. That's a perfectly good card. And that fills up your graveyard very quickly as well. So you can either go along the lines of, say, like the Unburial rites kind of idea, or you can just go with cheap Delve threats like Hooting Mandrills and Girma Gangler, and just run a bunch of disruption like that so that could work too
1: you could also run Grimflare as well that's a great way just to fill your bin and just draw some cards
0: yeah stuff like that like all of the removal is fantastic you know and you have access to all the white sweepers and stuff as well which are all nice and affordable mm-hmm.
1: too you also have the Indefa Triumph, which is the Abzan Triumph, which you could run like a couple of those as well yep. just to make sure your fixings are good I would play Lingering Souls as well but that's because I like Lingering Souls even mm-hmm. though it's terrible right now I've played a lot of Abzan Piles over the years and I just really like Lingering Souls in those style of decks
0: I actually think Abzan Delve might be a thing, potentially, mm. because the more the more we're talking about this now, the more I'm starting to piece it together. Because if you go, like, turn one, like, Inquisition, and then turn two, Seder Wayfinder, fill your bin, and then go turn three, you know, play a land and delve away a bunch of stuff and leave, like, a Lingering Souls that you milled over, like, mm. that sounds pretty good if you're using that to, like, cast, like, a Hooting Mandrels or something. And your hand still contains like you know path and like a germag and another removal spell or interaction or something. That sounds pretty okay. And I might actually have to brew some of this. Yeah,
1: now. I was thinking that. So I'm <laughs> going to brew something. Also, you have murders cut, which is a really good delve spell as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, we might have yeah. to look into this.
1: I think we might have to do a little brew off.
0: Mm. It's on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to us here at the BMCast and a special thanks to our patrons. At the cheering fanatic tier, we have Aleandro, Kilgore Trout 503, Max Makes Magic, Odin Egan, Philip Delmot, The Jazz Guy, The Joe Cheney, Bradley Rose, Stephanie Pace, Ian Holland, and The Pauper Guild. And at the stonks tier, we have a nice planeswalker, Anga Orr, Scott Creech, Simon Grip, Brian Madden, and Ryan Collins. Thank you all for helping to keep this podcast on the air. We can't thank you enough. If you want to support us, head on over to patreon.com forward slash budgetmagicast. If you have any questions, comments, or sweet brews, you can email us at budgetmagicast at gmail.com or message us on Twitter at the BMcast. We'll be back next week to give you even more buying for your book.